Let's rock. Let's rock today. Now do it to me. Let's rock. Let's rock today. That's good. Hello and welcome to a celebration of cinema season two, Teamwork. I'm Kyle, and with me as always is Nick. One great rock show can change the world. Damn straight. It's our first episode this season, and we're celebrating Richard Linkletter's School of Rock. Okay, School of Rock. We're both musicians. On a scale of like 1 to 10, how warm does this movie make you feel? 11. Absolutely. It turns it up to 11. Damn it. Right answer. Yes. It, it, it's like a tube amp. Oh my Warm. God. Turned up to 11. Mm-hmm. It's been like sitting for mm. like half an hour. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Nothing like the feeling putting your hand on top of like a Vox AC30. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. You just feel the vibrations in it. Yeah. And this movie is fantastic. It, it really is so incredibly funny. Yeah, it is. It's funny. And it's funny for like, it was funny when I first saw it back in around 03. I don't think I saw it right when it first came out, but shortly after that. And it's funny now as an adult. And it's for funny for a lot of the same reasons and a lot of different reasons too. But uh, hard to not have a good time. Yeah, and it is very of its time. I feel like if you made this film even five years later, once smartphones and things like that entered mm-hmm. the economy of a teenager, yeah, it just it changed for kids. I was a part of that generation that kind of saw both sides of it. Yeah, and there's this like innocence to this film. I mean, can we let's just get it out of the way? The, the audition is kidnapping. Yep. But like, you don't watch the film through that lens. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, this movie kind of like, it does a good job of, um, there aren't, nothing is real like cut and dry. Like Dewey is lying, but all these kids are really happy, you know? Mm -hmm. And we see, um, you know, the principal kind of like bearing down on everybody, but we also kind of get a, a picture of why she's probably like that. And I love that about this movie because it doesn't, you know, it's it's like a kid's movie, but it doesn't feel like it's like condescending to you or like pandering to you ever. At least I don't feel that way. Not at all. And I can really, I feel like, speak to this genuinely. You know, I was 13 when this film came out. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm the prime audience for a film like this, maybe like a year old. Mm-hmm. But like I was j- at 13, that's really when I was like Led Zeppelin, all these old classic rock bands, Yeah, you know, became really cool. And I wanted to listen to them. It was like for the first time I was deciding on my music outside of just like the music of my generation. I was starting to dig back and that was uh-huh. like, hit me at the perfect time. So mm-hmm. yeah, watching this film was, I was kind of sitting along with the kids being educated. Okay. You know, like watching it now when he's like, this is an ancient technique. It's called a power stance. <laughs> Hilarious to me now, but as a 13 year old, I'm like, I stand up. I'm like, okay, you put your legs wide and you swing your arm. And it, and you're like, wow, it does feel different. Yeah. So it, it is very fun. You're totally right. Watching this at both ages, it was funny then and funny now, but maybe for a few different reasons, but for mostly the same reasons overall. It's just a really funny, sweet story. Yeah. And I mean, I know I'm going to get like grilled on online for this, but hot take Richard Linklater understands how to like tell a story. And uh, I think this movie is just another great example of that. You can quote me. When uh, Zach's teaching him the song or whatever, and he's like, what was that first chord? And Zach's like, D. And he's like, oh, play it. <laughs> it's such a like niche musician <laughs> joke. But <laughs> My favorite one is uh, 
when he's teaching him keyboard, he's like, give me the G. Okay, give me the fifth. And then he's like, give me the, the middle one. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually, I don't remember if he plays a major or a minor, but he's just like, no, 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 never mind. He's essentially just telling him to play a power chord. It's great. It's the major third. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that he's asking him to play. It's... Uh... <laughs> At the doom 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 doom. Yeah, when the when they're learning the the first song, we will touch on that in our scenes. Yeah. But okay, I have this little list here of what's the most unrealistic thing in this film. Freddie learning drums in three weeks, drums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Soundproofing the classroom, or their parents allowing their kids to go to the school rock, like in the final credits. Hmm. I am gonna say the soundproofing of that old building because that thing has got some thin walls i can i can see it i know that's a drafty school you know and and that's that's a hard thing to do for anybody no no offense these kids aren't like trained sound professionals you know i'm sure they could do do good but like i don't know and you got a you got a class right next door and if they're all real quiet private school classes that's gonna stand out and you can't soundproof vibrations for the most part unless like you're putting stuff on pallets and diffusing the vibration and the drums are on the floor and that's not a carpeted floor either no you are feeling those drums yeah even if you're not hearing them you are feeling them especially yeah if you're like in the classroom next door (laughs) like i thought we heard music (laughs) like no like my chalkboard was rattling oh not that part he he could have just been like, yeah, the kids were in art class. Like, I keep my guitar here to, like, de-stress for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Bad lying there by Dewey. He eventually turns it around, you know, but I think that's something that's kind of cool because he's good at, like, improvising when it comes to, like, what he's into, which is, like, music. But when he actually has to, like, be lying to her, he, like, fumbles. He kind of, like, you know, he's bad at that. I think that's, like, it's a, it's, you're totally right, though, because you're watching it and you're like, no, just come on. Just, like, rhyme and make up some history and play guitar. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. And he's writing an E equals MC squared. <laughs> and it has, like, a question mark times exclamation point below it. Yeah. And just some more random maths just up there. Square root of 13 is randomly on the board or something. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the math. And... No, it's a no it's nine <laughs> all right I'm, I'm ready to get into scenes yep, here yep i can tell okay let's go let's have a quick ad break we'll get into these scenes this episode is brought to you by cbd brands direct cbd brands direct is an online retailer for a wide variety of cbd brands and products They are your one-stop shop for everything CBD, from topicals to edibles to ingestibles. They've got you covered. Caliper CBD makes a dissolvable powder that provides a precise 20 milligram dose of CBD in each packet. The powder is flavorless, sugar-free, THC-free, and it dissolves into any food or beverage. Caliper CBD has a 450% higher bioavailability than standard CBD oils, which means you're absorbing four and a half times more CBD into your body, so you're getting the full-powered results that you're looking for. It contains no calories and is made with non-GMO ingredients and is vegan and gluten-free. All products from CBD Brands Direct ship to the continental United States. You must be 18 or older to order, and also you just got to check with your specific state CBD regulations before ordering as well. So visit cbdbrandsdirect.com, that's c-b-d-b-r-a-n-d-s-d-i-r-e-c-t 
begoniafm.com to order and use our offer code begoniafm, all one word, at checkout and you'll get 20% off your order. Um, if you do that, it lets them know you came from us. It helps out our pod. It helps them out. It helps you out. Win for everybody. So big thank you to CBD Brands Direct for sponsoring this episode and all of Begonia FM. This movie's got a lot of great scenes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so good is it doesn't waste any time at all. And so one of my favorite scenes is just the opening credits. I love the way they incorporate the credits just in into the gig. You know, it, it reminds me of uh, Guitar Hero a little bit. Mm. You know, and actually, I don't. Okay. I don't remember when that game came out, but that's got to be about the same time, yeah. Yeah, it it all hit at I feel like the same time. I, I love that it, it. Not only does it like organically fit into the environment, but it is very rock bandy, mm-hmm. like on the guy's jacket, the flyer on the wall, mm-hmm. the lit sign on the brick wall from like probably the original venue before the little addition hallway that you're walking down is on because all these venues mm-hmm. are just like little mm-hmm. jigsaw puzzles mm-hmm. it's it's really well done and then the audio itself too the muted audio that you get in the lobby versus walking into the venue but there's also the hum of people just talking over yeah. the band yeah well, and if you're a person that loves going seeing rock shows, especially ones at venues like that, this movie, it, it gets the excitement of walking into a venue like that, you know, like as you're walking in, there's like this anticipation and I feel like it really captures some of that feeling. This movie is full of love for music and music fans and playing music. Like I can tell that there's like, it's not fake, you know, it's, it's, it's legit. Um, and then I... I also love where we just go right into the opening scene, which kind of sets up a lot of Dewey's character when the the band is playing. Mm-hmm. Um, just it it kind of sums up a lot, just with the way the band clearly isn't meshing, the way Dewey maybe isn't trying hard enough to blend in with the band, really, but at the same time, maybe the band isn't being willing to pick up what he's putting down because the guy's clearly loving being up there you know i mean you've been you've been in a lot of bands you know that's always the line you got to walk right you got four different personalities trying to come together to do one thing absolutely and yeah when you speak of like that balance that you have to hit because we all kind of experience music differently to a certain degree you know what i mean Mm -hmm. especially like when you're creating the music and for some people like like me i i I bounce to like the the tempo, mm-hmm. but I, I've played with plenty of guitarists who move to their licks. Right. You know, then a lot of that will happen like with their with their face mm-hmm. when they're walking it up. Like their lips will move really quickly when they're doing a little quick wiggle or a line or something. And so I, I think that finding that balance with your bandmates is so key and. While they're all good musicians, yeah, there's this disconnect between what those three are doing, what he's doing, not only like musically, but yeah, with his physical body. Yeah, the back-to-back rocking and stuff, yeah. Yeah, no vacancy is an end of that, apparently. (laughs) 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 But the scene also sets something up that I, I caught the second time through. So tell me what you think here, but I think that Jack Black is playing Dewey. Like, he isn't actually very good like he's 
his guitar playing, he's off tempo a lot in the movie, but he can kind of back off and the rest of the band is able to support it. Because even in this opening sequence, I mean, he's, you know, he's crawling around on his back playing guitar, but he isn't quite in, he seems a little off. He gets a little lost tempo wise, a little too fast. Maybe that's, Mm -hmm. maybe that's a nice metaphor for how Dewey has kind of approached his life in a lot of ways. Maybe it's just, Maybe he should slow down a little bit, take some stock. Maybe this is what the kids help him do. I don't know. Let's explore the rest of the scenes. Maybe we'll get to that. I like that. I have one question for you. Yeah. Um, asking you as a filmmaker, is that a jump cut when he lands on his chest and it the camera spins from a bird's eye and then he's still shirtless in his bed? You know, in the same way, the bone in 2001, mm-hmm. this is... School of Rock's bone moment. It it absolutely is, and it works great. Um, I think that the like technical term for that would be a match cut. Match cut. That's the term. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then shout out to the Nokia flip phone that that guy wrote that the band sucks on. Oh, I am. I, I he's got a real keyboard. I'm ready for that to come back. I said it. You know, that's <laughs> fine. I don't need a touchscreen. It's so easier to type. I've got big hands anyway. You know, I like to have the keyboard. Okay, now, now you could just bring like an extra keyboard with your phone and just Bluetooth it and just set it up that way. I, I, I could probably bring an extra monitor too while I'm at it. Touche, <laughs> touche. <laughs> I could just bring three computers. You're right, Nick. Good suggestion. <laughs> what's what's our next scene here? <laughs> um, this is another scene that I that I um, that I chose. Although we we both talked about it a little bit. It's uh, Ned standing up to him, like the very next scene, when Ned wakes him mm-hmm. up, asks him about the rent, and he's got uh, Sarah Silverman. What's her character, Patty, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of on his shoulder there. This is a scene that is maybe a little less funny when you get older. Definitely. Because when I'm a kid, I'm just like, oh, Jack Black, he's, he's sloppy, and he's like, Ugh, uh, he just wants to sleep. That's hilarious. And it is kind of funny yeah, because... Why, why, yeah. why are they nagging him? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why are they just being such a bother for rent? <laughs> Come on, man. You're bringing me down, man. As an adult, uh, it's a little different. Maybe good guys, bad guys in this scene feels a little different when you get older. It definitely does. Although I will say uh, Patty is bossing around Ned, telling him he always gets pushed around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, a, a common theme of like he's about to actually go towards the end, choose to do something. And she's like, when are you ever going to think for yourself or something like yeah. that? Yeah, Ned doesn't have agency until he decides to go see the kids at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. That's his little like, I'm doing what I want little moment. But that's uh, one of the things that this one of the reasons that I love this movie so much is that like, yeah, Patty, but she's she's not wrong. No, she's 100% right. But maybe her methods are questionable. Like we also I don't know. They don't ever say for sure if she is living there with Ned or not. They don't ever really establish that. I don't think that she is. I don't think she is either and then to an extent it's kind of like, well, I mean it's Ned's apartment, it's his friend. If he wants to choose to do that, I guess that's mm-hmm. his choice. But it also really looks like he's getting taken advantage of from our perspective. And you could also imagine a conversation where 
uh, Ned. Sorry, it gets kind of confusing. Pardon me. Well, like, because you know he goes by Schneebly. So yeah, right. Ned, like, probably at some point had the conversation with Patty, like, "Oh, I'm so sick of him freeloading mm-hmm. and everything," and like complains to her. Yeah. And then, like, when it comes time to do it, he just like sits there quietly. That's the dynamic that I read, and her being like, "I'm not gonna sit and listen to you complain about him anymore." Yeah. Like we're solving this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, you know, if, if Ned's having to pay double rent all the time, that's yeah, that's gonna in turn affect their relationship. He's gonna be stressed out. He's not gonna have any money to do anything. So yeah, it, but it's you know, who's right, who's wrong, I guess that's not really the point. They're just all kind of despite this being a goofy kids movie, they all all the characters are pretty well rounded and they all kind of are right and wrong in their own ways. You just gotta learn to work together, you know? So true. In a way, Ned and Dewey and Patty are kind of, they've kind of got their own band situation going on. Mm-hmm. You know? Kind of a, kind of a team. Okay. And they're working mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. team. Yeah. We should come up with like a term for that. But yeah, I get, I get what you're getting at there. Like a, like a team, like... Project. Doing stuff like as a unit. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Project. A, a t- yeah. Team goal. Team goal. That's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, speak. Maybe the the best team goal. I mean, the, the team goal that the movie's all about. The next scene that we agreed on. Not really a surprise. We will call it Dewey's new class project. I feel like I kind of took the last two scenes, the lead. So please, what's awesome about this scene? You did take the lead, Kyle. But that's okay. They were your scenes. Fair. It's okay to. It's okay to feel that way, man. <laughs> uh. This is incredible stuff. Yep. I mean, the kids in music class is an iconic frame from cinema of like Jack Black and his eyebrows doing mm-hmm. that wave pattern. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is cut in on those commercials. You know, it'll just be like a movie channel. Yep. Just advertising film. And that's one of the frames that they pick. The same way they pick like you talking to me. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. so got to got to shout out that quick little frame. But when the kids come back. With the rock instruments. <laughs> and you, I mean, you touched on the first when he brings uh, Lawrence up there, Larry, mm-hmm. as I love how he shortens everybody's name. It's such a good touch. The nicknames. It, it really is. Yeah. Like William, the fashion kid, he calls Billy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The fifth and the middle one. No, 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 no. <laughs> and they're asking about the project. And he's like, it'll test your head and your mind and your brain, too. <laughs> it's so dumb but it works so well in this film it's so true to character yeah 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 it's almost like an obvious joke there but uh so i and i stretch this all the way through like the lunch period and them coming back i don't know how you did it in your notes but i'm with you when the kid goes like you mean we're not in the band heartbreaking yeah you feel it what a line read yeah Oh, yeah, as we were watching this, me and the, my, my, my partner, we were watching, we were just like, man, there's a lot of really solid kid performances in this movie. Like, a, a lot of them. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of them were not actors, right? They were picked for their musical abilities? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I think a lot of them were, were first-timers, yeah. That's so impressive. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, yeah, this, this scene has got well, something else that's cool. That is another kind of like theme that happens throughout this movie is it's about like, so right before this scene, we see Dewey, you know, he's hungover, 
Mm-hmm. He can he doesn't want to even stand up. He doesn't want to interact with the kids. But the second he has the idea of it, he can make music work. He's like he never sits down the rest of the movie. He's always moving. He's got all this energy. He's so excited. And I love it. He's, he's one of those guys. That he's got he's got the heart for it. You know, you just got to get him going in a direction. And when you get him going in a direction, he's got it. He's got endless energy for this, you know? Yeah, that's a really good observation. Yeah, the sitting to then the endless energy. Mm-hmm. I will just add to that. I love when he's running back into the school that he like runs a little bit on the grass. He like cuts the corner on a path, which is, again, like him abbreviating the names and everything. Just He didn't have to do that, but it's mm-hmm. this little character thing that he did that really just adds another layer to it. Well, yeah, he, he's not necessarily interested in following the path. He's blazing his own, right? Wow, that's, that's some meta shit, Kyle. <laughs> but I, I also really relate to that because I feel like it's, it's crazy when I am really motivated for something, how I can go on like a music bender and I can like mm-hmm. write music for like 12 hours at a time and forget to like eat and I'll feel fine. I totally relate to that. Um, I, don't know, I, think, I think when kids learn, they should be having fun because that's, you know, and this is kind of the, the first scene of them really figuring that out. And I just, it's awesome. All these kids feel cool. He's just, a, he's just a teacher telling them all that they're awesome. That's great. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the particular riffs that he's having Zach play, mm-hmm. and Zach has like no idea what he's playing. Uh-huh. But then he does like the, you know, boom, boom, boom. He's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and with the ACDC too. Yeah. He just starts grunting. Yeah. He just, he can't hold it in. He's got, he's got so yeah. much passion for it. And you got to think that's going to help going back to these having, you know, first time actors giving these great performances. I mean, you've got Jack Black just giving you everything. And if the kids just honestly react to what he's doing, you know, we, we got ourselves a hit. <laughs> we got ourselves a picture here. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but we got to talk about lunch, of course. Yep. One of the most iconic moments of the film, the handshake mm. with Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Oh, again, such a sweet moment where he's like, I'm not cool enough to be in the band. And Jack's like, uh, screw that. You're right. Yeah, you are. Like, you're a keyboardist and coolness isn't how you look. Yeah. That's not like what coolness is about. And then he like makes him do the, like the whole handshake, <laughs> the let's rock, let's rock today. Ah, oh, I love it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be a liar if I said I didn't do that handshake with some friends in the past. You know, I learned that handshake. Yeah, you give him a stage. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's it's kind of that's there's also a bunch of great themes in this movie that he's asked them like, what is a rock band being about? And they're like, oh, it's about it's about chicks, or it's about getting wasted, or it's about being cool. And he's like, no, that's not what it's about. No. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like no, you don't. You don't have to be cool enough to be in the band. You're in the band, therefore you are cool. You're thinking about it the whole wrong way, you know. Mm-hmm. And like again, yeah, being cool is like it's a state of being. It isn't. There is no thing that is cool. You just are it. Right. Uh, but when they come back in, he lines them up, gives everybody a position. Mm-hmm. Fantastic a little nickname, you know, Mister Cool. Mm-hmm. Fancy pants. Yeah. Zach attack. <laughs> well, then, just to cap off that the the pledge allegiance to the band, which is just a a great moment, you know. Because from then on, I mean, everybody's kind of all in in that group. Mm-hmm. Everybody's bought into their position for the most part. You know, you get the summer and um, 
what's the girl's name who went from security to singing? Um, to Tamika. Tamika, because he calls her Turkey Sub during like the nicknaming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I just like that little pledge allegiance that he comes up with. Yeah, it's cool, and it's also a little bit like you're like it's a little weird because it's like okay, he is kind of at this point he's still kind of using the kids to be his band. One hundred percent. But I love it comes full circle at the end. They're so bought into this idea that they don't let him be depressed about losing Battle of the Bands, you know? And, and he's definitely meeting them in the middle. you got to imagine, like, and we'll, we'll touch on it here in our later scenes, but he becomes a teacher. Yeah. Without even, like, okay, he, so without yeah. even really trying, you know? Exactly. He almost accidentally starts teaching them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, please, let's, uh, let's continue throughout this wonderful film. Well, my the next thing I chose, um, it's Dewey's song. This is just like, it, 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 to to a certain extent. I mean, I wonder how much of this was written, versus it was just like a scene. Dewey improvises song, and then they just move on because they know that if you put a camera on Jack Black, and you tell him to improvise music, and to do the little guitar solo with his mouth, you know that kind of stuff that he does. That's all you really need to do. Let let Jack Black do his thing, and he does. And this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I like the way he set, sets it up, too. Like, you can easily go almost overboard with that of, like, oh, what, what, what do you mean? He, like, plays it just right. Mm-hmm. Where, like, he starts spinning his wheels once the kid's like, let's hear it. And he's like, oh, okay, you know, I don't know. And Freddie's like, Here's, play your song, Sneebly. <laughs> Freddie has a bunch <laughs> of little corpse and lines in this that are great. <laughs> Definitely love me some Freddie. He's cool. We'll say here we go, but Dewey is kind of pulling it out of his ass. He's making it up as he goes along, but that's probably where he's like at his best. You know, he's being real honest, and this is kind of what his music, you know, the way his philosophy for music is that it's genuine, you know, and it feels authentic, and he's feeling it in his body, and it's hard not to like. It's hard not, like, I, I want Dewey to, like, just come give me a pep talk once a week or something, you know? Just, no, because you're awesome, man. No, get in there and write that screenplay, because you can do it. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. Thanks, Dewey. Like, he's so, his energy is just contagious, I guess. In the best kind of way. Mm-hmm. The, the extra stuff, too, that he's doing, like, he's not only singing them, but he's like, and a beam of light and smoke and fog. And, like, <laughs> he brings you there and, like, he knows by adding these extra little things, it'll kind of distract the kids too and give him a little bit He's more time. He's buying some time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just, ah, it's so much fun. And I mean, I can sing all the words to that song. Mm-hmm. Like, how silly is that? Mm-hmm. Like, that I can, rem- it's like, it's that good. And so, and it's a cappella. I know he gives himself like, ah, uh, uh, but then he goes into it and stays on key. It's just an impressive feat too, you know? Well, yeah, cause it's also uh, mostly a single take of just like pulling back, and it's just Jack Black essentially doing like a monologue. Mm. Mm. Nice. Well, that's the first song we see written, but it's you know, you wanted to talk about the next song. I do, and I alluded to it a little bit earlier. It this is where the band rights step off, and it's really I think like the transformation of Dewey becoming a teacher. Because, mm-hmm. like, your job as a teacher is to not only teach kids how, but why. Yeah. And this is where it goes from how to why. Yeah. Like, why do you play rock music? Why do you write a song? What do you write it about? What do you say when someone's pushing you and telling you what to do? Mm-hmm. 
And it's all spurred by seeing Zach and his dad and his dad getting mad at him about the rock and roll and kind of just treating him pretty poorly. Yeah. You know, I'm just... not a parent, so I don't want to speak to how to parent your child. But from my view, it seemed like really not nice. He doesn't seem to be that interested in what Zach is interested in. You know, like he's kind of got Zach's life figured out for him, he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Something like that. So I, I love that he gets everybody involved and how to channel your emotions and you know he goes to each kid like what makes you mad and he's like when i'll get allowance and he embraces that he's like okay yeah yeah i don't get any allowance Mm -hmm. so i'm really pissed off like what about you (laughs) what about you and he leads it up to zach there and then it becomes a real song for them as well i like that we get to see them then rocking it as a full band and it Mm -hmm. yeah he's teaching them how to write a song why to write a song teach them how to deal with their emotions it's it's good stuff yeah, and, and as far as wanting to, you know, if, from, from being in a band for the longest time, it, it, um, everybody has some sort of personal investment and everybody had input. So now for me, I find that if I have some sort of personal input, it doesn't even take that much sometimes, but if you just have some sort of personal input, all of a sudden playing the music is a lot more, it's a different experience. And I'm a, a lot more excited if there's something in it that feels like it's me. I think you do a good. I think you do a good job of that as a musician. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, man. It's important. A lot, a lot of your licks are my favorite part of my songs. <laughs> um, it's going back to you talking about him becoming a teacher. I think one of the coolest parts of this scene is that it's he's he's like really finding a way to make these lessons like stick and connect by sort of like meeting the students halfway, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What is interesting about you, or how can?" He's kind of letting them lead it a little bit. You know, he's not just having kids sit down and regurgitate information. It's like this active process that's the teachers and the students kind of together going on this journey. And I just, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, I've kind of dabbled in the teaching world. I've never been a certified teacher or anything, but it, it's just awesome to see somebody that's just, ah, ah. I don't think kids should be sitting in in chairs underneath lights and regurgitating like facts. I think kids should be, using their amazing imaginations and, and getting out all their energy. And Dewey is just killing it in this scene. Totally crushing it or even rocking it. All right. All right. Um, let's move on to the next song. I want to talk about it too. You, you wrote it down. I want to talk about it too. 40 and slip of the next song, but I like it. The band learns Zach's song. <laughs> you said it's the next song, not the next scene, but we're keeping that in for sure. <laughs> Oh, right. We should have called them songs for this. We should have. We should have. And before I get into this, I we're jumping over the montage of him teaching. I do love that, mm. where you see the different guitar players' styles, and he's showing them mm. Angus Young running around on the ground, and then he has the big chalkboard with the oh, man. web of rock. That's so cool. I, I've looked through that. It's just like fun to look at. It's cool. It's real. It's like it's a hundred. Like it's not filler. It all adds up. Yeah, that, that would be a fun day on set deck. Yeah, yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if some Etsy store like sells that on a print, like that chalkboard. I mean, if not, I think we just found a way to finance our next pod or whatever, That's our next right, tour. Yeah. <laughs> go to begonia.fm, uh, go to the merch page there. I, and uh, I want a t-shirt with just that chalkboard on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or a mug with that chalkboard Ooh, wrapping around it. Okay. Okay. But okay, so the scene when they learn Zach's song, it's awesome. You've learned a bandmate's song. Mm-hmm. And the way that, you know, he's like, whoa, 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 what, what, what are you playing there? It's like, 
eh, just something I wrote. He's like, you wrote a song? And he was like, mm-hmm. show me, you got lyrics, you know? And I don't know, I've been in that moment a lot of learning somebody's song. And when he's like, oh, what's the first chord? Do you, you know, play it? I talked about that earlier. It's so funny. <laughs> just classic learning somebody else's song dialogue. And yeah. it's very, very, very sweet. Yeah, but it, it totally captures that. And, I, and also I've been on Zach's side where you're like, you don't realize when you're warming up that you're playing this new riff you've kind of been noodling around with, but you're not ready to show people, but you just you just play it. And someone's like, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 what's that? And you're like, oh, oh, it's uh, uh, it's nothing. It's not, no, it's not even good. It's not it's not ready. And then 10 minutes later, everybody's jamming on it, and it's like your band's new favorite song. Yeah. Mm, mm, those moments. Yeah. I got to assume Rich, Richard Linklater's been in a band. I, I, right? Probably. I don't know a whole lot about his history, but there's there's even though even his movies that aren't about music, there's music is still like a big part of them. Hmm. He's got to be a musician. Another part of the scene that I did enjoy is the the kind of banter back and forth too between him and Zach when they're finally rocking it out, and he's like, "Rock is the reason. Rock is the rhyme." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. Rock got no reason. Rock got no rhyme." And mm-hmm. Zach's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Hmm," kind of gave like a little edge to it, and then he's like, "I'm gonna take a solo here, only if that's cool with you." You know? He's like, "Yeah." yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a really sweet moment that i mean happens like organically for them yeah you know it isn't like jack Pike came in with this lesson plan mm-hmm. it just kind of happened the way it happens for a band they they have become the band yeah at that point i guess is that when they kind of become the band really starts to gel maybe when they learn zach's song i'd like to think so yeah and but that's even outside of being in a band just doing any sort of any sort of collaborative anything, even working at a restaurant. There's that feeling when you and your your coworkers, your bandmates, your crewmates, whatever it is, you are comfortable enough with each other where you start to have like shorthand and you're able to, you kind of feel like the group is in the zone. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, that's one of my favorite feelings. I felt it, yeah, doing theater. That's kind of what you shoot for, doing theater, you know, felt it in bands, felt it bartending, you know, felt it moving a sofa absolutely you know that feeling yeah all right uh maybe i don't know if it's probably not the most famous scene but uh the, the climax no surprise we both chose it but it's it's not mm. they don't phone it in here either the battle of the bands scene at the end also those kids are all really playing which is awesome and you can kind of you can kind of hear it like and this is not a i don't know how old the actor playing Zach was you I mean it doesn't sound like they brought in like a studio drummer it sounds like someone that's it's a fairly simple beat mm-hmm. but there's a whole lot of things I believe about like music in general you know it doesn't have to be super complicated for it to be great it's a good example that's the song P- teacher's pet rocks that song's a jam it, it slaps hard um kind of wild with the with the parents mm-hmm. you know them showing up but then watching the show I but like in the moment you just totally forgive the movie for it i love the little the doorman the little piece before that where he's like i don't care you're not getting in without a ticket you're breaking my heart (laughs) i think we've all dealt with a choose your word to demean somebody type of uh door person Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. you know like one that like you show up with you know like some water you know to drink and they're like you have to pour it out on the ground you know, or things like that. It's just, uh, yeah. it's a nice touch for those who have been mm-hmm. in bands and venues for a long time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the door people are 
not super nice. But the song itself. Yes. So much fun. Yeah. I love I love that they're wearing their uniforms like it was kind of joked about. Mm hmm. He's like, fine, just make them wear their uniforms. And he's like, that's not a bad idea. But then he gets distracted by learning Zach's song. Mm -hmm. But it still gives me chills today. Like, it's it's just, uh, it's really sweet. Even the format of the song. Like, mm -hmm. giving, uh, God, I, w I just want to call her Turkey Sub. Because he gives her that nickname. <laughs> Tamika. Tamika. I don't have the, the cast here. Tamika giving her the second verse is just chef's kiss. Oh. She, like crushes it and yeah. that's like what that song needed at that point mm -hmm. absolutely it needed some like like a smooth riding wave as opposed to like jack was just so energy and it's like bum 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 when he's going but then at that point it just settles in and it's zach solo mm -hmm. which is a lot calmer mm -hmm. yeah i had a, a a friend of mine that's also an incredible musician pointed something out to me that he said a lot of pop songs use their second verse to really have fun. And I was didn't really think about that, but now as you watch them, like the second verses in, like Elton John did this a lot, um, the, the beat will kind of like twist a little bit and it won't follow a lot of the same hooks. And then the third mm -hmm. verse, they'll kind of bring it back, but that's what Tamika is providing. Because yeah, Jack Black's just kind of this like, rock 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 and it's real driving but the second verse they've settled in you know the rhythm section feel they're they're good to go so she can kind of just like do her own thing on top of it yeah mm. very nice touch and they're all working together absolutely and I, I love that dewey says sorry when they pick him up yeah like he apologizes for the multiple things you know that he should be sorry for absolutely and he like addresses them all specifically before anything else happens. And I, you know me, Kyle, like I'm so big on say you're sorry. If, if you are sorry, say you're sorry. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then we can like start a path of forgiveness from there. Mm -hmm. um, also, why are Patty and Ned coming home in the middle of the day? Don't they have jobs? You know, like wasn't that Patty's big snap snap to right. him early? Like, what are you guys doing, huh? Uh, yeah, maybe they, yeah. they took the day off or something. Oh, I didn't think about that. Scandalous. And then the, the No Vacancy song that they're <laughs> playing before they go on is the song that they were learning on the rehearsal where he got kicked out. Oh. Yeah, the song he was teaching um, Spider. Oh, my God. What was the, that song is credited in the end credits. What is it? It has a ridiculous name. Heal Me, I'm Heartsick. <laughs> Heal me, I'm heartsick. Yep, by no vacancy. Heal me, I'm heartsick. And so, and this movie came out in '03, so that's like a very, that's a pretty accurate parody of a lot of the like alt indie pop that was coming out then. It is of its time. Yes, <laughs> yes. absolutely, crushing it. And the singer went from the long hair when Jack Black was in the band. He cut his hair. He got got earrings and stuff. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm which is. That happened to a lot of those types of rockers as well. That was a popular move. Well, that was, I guess that was, Metallica's thing was much earlier in the 2000s, but that was when Metallica came out with the Black Album and they cut their hair. Everyone was like, what? It was like this, it was this big deal. I mean, low-key, the, the albums kind of weren't as good when they had short hair, if you're asking me, but hey. That's why I keep my hair long. Exactly. <laughs> to, keep the, to keep the metal <laughs> just, alive. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then uh, Dewey gets a stage jump. Mm -hmm. It's a nice, you know, like uh, 
like I, you know, I have said before that films rhyme, you know, mm-hmm. and at the beginning of the film with the, the empty stage jump. Now, this time when he stage jumps, he gets the crowd to catch him. Yeah. Also, I have never wanted to do that. I've never wanted to crowd surf. I've never wanted to stage jump. I don't know if I'm just I'm a, a bit of an old soul, but and we're, we're also like we're I'm 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 six four. Like that's just not for me, man. Like yeah, that's asking for like a uh, foot goes one way, hip goes the other, and the knee stays in the middle. Right, you just have no control. Well, I don't know. E- yeah. Even when you were younger, you know, did you ever no. have desire? Me neither. Okay, I thought maybe I was weird. I was like, I just never no. wanted that many people touching me at once. That many strangers. I love a good friendly mosh pit, not like the one like where it hollows out and people start like going crazy but like where everyone's just kind of lightly bouncing off one another mm-hmm. you know like maybe for like a couple minutes in a crazy part of the song you know like the end of my name is jonas when us weezer fans are getting wild <laughs> <laughs> get our mosh on right uh so i can handle some physicality at uh at shows but i think you and i both agree that you know if seating's an option now as we approach our 40s yeah you know I'll, I'll take the seat. Mm-hmm. I can enjoy a rock show on my butt. Hey, you know, I, I, I can too. I, I don't mind. I don't, I don't hate standing either. You know, I kind of like to be able to, where's the sound going to be best is kind of what guides it. And it's usually, it's never up at the front. That's never where the best sound is. It's wherever the, the soundboard is, you know, so I usually try to like migrate around there. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, I also, I've never... One of the first times, actually, I think I noticed myself having uh, like an anxiety attack was I was at a uh, 311 concert, actually, in Kansas City at the River Market. Great place to see a concert, by the way. Summertime, River Market, Kansas City. And my friends were all trying to push up to the front, and I got like maybe even halfway to the front. That was a really packed show. And I got to the point where I couldn't totally control where i was going you know when the crowd's kind of just like swaying all at the same time and i just ah, nope something just like took over and i just watched the rest of the show from like the back it's just me obviously it's just me because a lot of people do love that and it's not just you okay and i fair. i don't blame you at all for uh not wanting to be in the 311 crowd in kansas city <laughs> where you can move like that sounds terrifying like, I mean, they were a pretty chill crowd, you know, people aren't, you know, there wasn't a mosh pit at the 311 show or anything. It's just a bunch of people smoking, essentially. But Well, I was about to say, you got a lot of drugs going around and then the mm-hmm. band goes from very calm to like, oh shit. And that's usually the moments like where like crowds just kind of go out of control for like 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. And their songs have a lot of that. Yeah. Like that's just, uh, and Kansas City crowds are rowdy. Mm-hmm. I've been to shows all across this country. Kansas City show, we bring it. Okay. You know, at least for certain types of bands, sure. definitely. Yeah. I also but love, I, it, I was just going to say, we're, we're going back to talking about, like, this movie not condescending to adults or, or kids that are watching it. I feel like this movie kind of, like, it just seems to get kids better than most kids' movies do. Mm. You know? Like, it, I, yeah. I, it's kind of hard to explain exactly what that means good choice for a podcast topic but uh yeah it just kind of i it it reminds me of being a kid i guess a little bit and because i was in hey marching band you know i know we got some allegiance there i was in marching band but i but i quit after two years because that scene that you were talking about where he looks into them and they're in the band class and they're playing music just kind of sitting there 
that's kind of what it started feeling like. And then I would, when a different instructor took over the jazz band, which was like my favorite part of being in band in high school, it just, mm-hmm. it wasn't fun anymore. And so I just kind of like noped. And then six months later, I got a guitar and, you know, the rest is history. But uh, yeah, that scene in particular always kind of like, well, this whole movie captures kind of like what that feeling was like. You know, I, I look forward to playing my saxophone, not necessarily to whatever songs we were playing in band. I just liked playing. But if I had, but I loved playing the songs in jazz band because they were fun and they rocked. And my jazz band teacher would like dance and be goofy and take solos with us and stuff. I love jazz band. I also, I also remember in jazz band, and it's the same way like in rock bands, if you play covers, it's fun to go listen to like those bands like on the albums in a way that you might not for like an orchestral piece of music, especially when you're younger. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was always easier to like listen to a jazz album. So like if we were doing some of these famous jazz songs, you know, like Kansas City mm-hmm. and things like that, I could listen to old renditions and that was kind of fun. And that made it easier for me to play them totally. as well. Yeah. I found. Yeah. Well, you can get more of the like feeling behind it, you know, versus just making sure you play the notes in order. Totally. All right. What one of the I mean, I guess the the crowning glory, but going back to what I was talking about the opening credits, not a single second of this movie is wasted. Let's talk about the closing credit sequence. Yeah, that was my fifth scene. I just love that each kid gets a little solo. Mm-hmm. I like that their style has changed. Mm-hmm. You got Zach in the Ramones shirt with the cutoff. And yeah, I've been to those types of Saturday practices. They're just fun. Yeah. Saturday morning practice, there's just nothing like it. And that's a Saturday morning practice yeah. if I've ever seen one. Uh-huh. Yeah, no question in my mind, that's a Saturday morning practice. There is a sign outside the apartment that says School of Rock and it says the times for the afternoon. Mm. It says like it says like something band three to four fifteen, advanced rock four thirty to like six, and then the camera goes upstairs. So it might be trying to insinuate that it's afternoon, but I you were so right though. Maybe the sun's going down, but it does feel like an early morning practice. I totally get what you mean. And maybe that's just because, I don't know here, maybe because that's how you and I used to practice for like two years straight or something was every Saturday at 10 a.m. Maybe that's why we both feel this way. I don't know. But I, but I, <laughs> I totally get it, though. And those, yeah, those, those practices are great. You're up. Yeah, like <laughs> I've never been a morning person. But if I got to be somewhere to play music at 10 a.m., oh, I'm going to be there. I might be eating my breakfast at 10:30. As, as <laughs> I'm going to be there soon. I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be on my way, man. <laughs> Absolutely, you'll be on your way by then. Or a lot of times it'd be you and I on our way back with coffee. Right, the drummer just We'd sitting meet up out a little there. bit earlier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's all I had for the scene. It's just very cute. It's a fun way to end the film. And I I noticed uh some details this time. I think that's what we're hearing is like a live recording. I think they recorded what they're playing because Zach's solo is not perfect. There's a couple kind of like flub, quote unquote flubs. Doesn't mean, it, mm-hmm. but that it's rock and roll. Sometimes the flubs are the best part. Or do it twice and nobody ever knows. Also, this, yeah, there you go. Repetition legitimizes. Also, this kid, <laughs> I, I don't, he's so talented. I'm not, uh, I'll, actually, I wonder if we can get him to play in our band. He's a great guitar player. Um, but it's just cool that they're like really playing. And I think they're really kind of like jamming 
to a little bit. I'm sure there's a little bit of like because the camera has to know where to go. But when he cuts to the uh, the three vocalists, you can see um, Marta or Blondie. I, I don't know, but she they're all kind of like looking at each other and she gets this look on her face when Jack Black or Dewey is like, you know, he's he does this Jack Black thing, you know, and she's a little confused. Mm-hmm. But then he comes back with this like and he makes this ridiculous face at her and she just like lights up and like nails the vocal part. And then for the rest of it, she's kind of like feeling it again. So it looks like that looks like a real authentic like musician to musician moment. Like she's a little lost. But Jack Black finds this way, or a real teacher moment. He finds a way to get her attention. Yeah. And then, and then it's that quick. She's back in it, and she's killing it. I think one more thing that would give credence to your theory here is uh, Larry's solo. Mm-hmm. Because I could see them before they're going. Jack's like, yeah, we're just going to rock, rock on this, like the ACDC song, and then I'm going to kick it to everybody for like a solo. He's probably like, oh, like, what do I play? He's like, I'll play like whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they probably wouldn't, and he plays like that medieval. It's just like, it comes out of nowhere. He's like, okay, good, Larry. <laughs> but it's great, though, because isn't that, you know, you got to let people do their own thing a little bit. It's about working together. I love it. And also, I mean, yeah, it sounds medieval, but that Larry's slaying that keyboard. He's all over Shredding. it. He's all over it. I don't know how the keys are not melting. Right. <laughs> He must be like a, a chemist as well. Right. All right, let's, let's move on to categories here. We'll take a short ad break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by CBD Brands Direct. CBD Brands Direct is an online retailer for a wide variety of CBD brands and products. They are your one-stop shop for everything CBD. From topicals to edibles to ingestibles, they've got you covered. Ignite makes a broad spectrum gummy that is precisely dosed and delicious. The gummies contain 20 milligrams of broad spectrum CBD each, and they're vegan and gluten free. The gummies come in a wide variety of flavors, including lemon, cherry, and orange, and can be ordered in packs of two or 10, depending on your needs. Ignite products are thoroughly tested and are made from hemp derived CBD extract. All products from CBD Brands Direct ship to the continental United States. You must be 18 or older to order and be sure to check your specific state's CBD regulations. Visit cbdbrandsdirect.com. That's c-b-d-b-r-a-n-d-s-d-i-r-e-c-t.com to order. And use the offer code BEGONIAFM, all one word, at checkout to get 20% off your order. Make sure to use that code to let them know you came from us. Thanks to CBD Brands Direct for sponsoring this episode and all of Begonia FM. All right, is the market open? Because I've got something to sell you. I'm ready to buy. I got my money in hand. What do you got for me, Wallen? Jack Black would have killed it in the silent era <laughs> need i say more i mean we've talked about his his body he's he's so expressive with his face i think he would have been a great silent comedian i think he would have just he you could just slip him right in there he would have been awesome Ten thousand percent agree i'm buying you can mark it up ten thousand percent and i'll still buy it tell you what hey so- throw him in if it- if he's in the silent era does that mean i get the crossover with the marx brothers into the sound era and a little like uh, musical with him, and can I get one film with mm-hmm. all four of them? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh wow, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Then, then I'm buying. I'm buying for sure. Mark it up to whatever you want. Or could Jack Black could, could he, he could probably play Groucho. You, I mean, I, I kind of, I don't know. I want to see that, I guess. I want to see him with the mustache doing Groucho. I could see it. All right, let's but I'm not, call his agent. We'll, I, I'm not selling that. I'm not selling that. We're still workshopping it. You know, I'll, I'll get back to you. I'm just <laughs> testing the waters. What, what are you? What do you got to sell? Yeah, you're just uh, was that crowdsourcing it at this point, or uh, where, where you bring it? What is it called when you bring in people to like test a product? Uh, we're doing market research. You could say. Ah, oh, you're so smart, Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> doing market research on the idea. Well, I'm uh, I'm selling a similar product here, kind of. I, I, but uh, I'm going pretty extreme with this. This is like as takey as I might ever get on this podcast. Okay, I'm ready. There is no better match in cinematic history oh boy. of character and an actor oh boy. than Jack Black and Dewey Finn. I mean, that's that's for our pod. That's a spicy take. That is a hot one. But th- this feels like... Uh, an. You know, I in high school, I've always been a big Jack Black fan. I was a huge Tenacious D fan when I was in high school. You know, I've seen Same. him live. Yeah, and he can he can do this shit. He's a he's a rock and Kyle Gas. They put on a rock show. It wasn't a comedy show. It was a rock show. I was very impressed. But it kind of feels like his career was. This is what it was building towards. This is the perfect role for him. Yeah, when you when you say like a role of a lifetime, or you're mm-hmm. born to play this role, mm-hmm. the, I feel like those idioms like they should just put jack black as dewey finn as the picture be like this is the example of this happening i could not the closest i could get was like robin williams could have pulled off something of the energy yes but just the actual like talent of jack black specifically on top of everything else Mm -hmm. is what just you're talking about he might have improv the song the fact that like you don't know yeah yeah, you're like I think I think he improvised that, and and that, like you said, that's why it isn't just that he's uh, a teacher that his vivacious and you know energy helps the children. Yeah. It's it's specifically about classic rock, and that's Jack Black's like bread and butter. Like he's he can give so much that's not written. He can be so quick with little improvisations and stuff. I see you. I totally see you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm selling here, and maybe it's something that we can kind of revisit down the road. Mm -hmm. If it comes up in a film where you think that it might be a better match, we could have this discussion again. Yeah. But I'm putting that flag in the map now. So that's what I'm selling. Oh, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. I like it. I'm excited about this one. I wonder if we have similar sequel or prequel ideas. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna lead with mine. I want an entire prequel about the rise and fall of Ned and Dewey's band. W- what was it? Infant Melter or something like that? The Vampire Succubus. I can't remember what they called it, but it had some really metal name. I kind of want to just see that whole journey. And I think going back to there's some times where I Jack his Dewey's guitar playing isn't quite fitting with the band. Mm-hmm. Seeing his past band could give a lot of we could understand if he really just kind of doesn't have it or is he just you know it's it's when you're an artistically driven person it's hard to can be hard to fit in make your living and stuff you know where does he fall in that spectrum and also i just i want to see i want to see ned rockin that just make me feel good i'd like to think like on the on the other end too he was rockin Mm mm-hmm 
mm-hmm. while he would he was teaching the toddlers obviously i'd like to think that he comes in with the older band and rocks out with them for a little bit too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe maybe they even bring their original band back together oh man they're getting the band back together yeah wow okay i don't want to step on your film but my film i actually didn't go there and i, I should have you're right that is the correct answer for this whoa whoa whoa, whoa. but uh i'm going sequel and I'm calling it School of Rock, Are You Experienced? And uh, the kids are 10 years older. They're all like, you know, going different colleges, everything. But like they've signed a deal. And this is like the last like tour that they have to do as the School of Rock. Okay. And, you know, Jack Black's older. You know, he might not be like full of energy like he was you know he's 10 years older he's been doing the school for a while he has like he's grown the school he has more responsibilities there he can't like front man with these kids and do that but like these people all love each other so it's not the band being mad at each other it's just uh the waves of time and i don't know how it ends like i assume that a core of them will come out with a group out of it Mm -hmm. maybe a handful of them go to go to berkeley together or something like that yeah, and like, or yeah, Fred, Freddie gets in, into computer design or something like that. But like, you have Tamika, Larry, Zach, and they go find a drummer, and that's like where the movie leaves off or something like that. But mm-hmm. that's what I had. Trolls took a great title, School of Rock World Tour would have been cool. So I went with Are You Experienced? I like it. No, that that's good. That's a it's a nice little classic rock nod, which this movie is totally full of. And I think maybe that's something that I, as I get older and I've listened to more. I've just listened to more music. There's a lot more to be to be found in this movie. That's a great sequel title, man. It makes sense. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> okay, so I'm a little bit more excited about this next category for these movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who would you be? Who would you want to be? Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I maybe I'm a little full of myself, but I think for better and for worse, the answer to both of those is the same for me. I feel like I'm Dewey. I feel like I would be the teacher that loves music. Because, I mean, I have been. I have, I've used music in a classroom before. I've played guitar in front of kids. Like, I've kind of done that. And it works really well. Kids love it. <laughs> and it's really fun. But also, I sometimes have a hard time getting my shit together. I have a hard time kind of getting going in a direction, you know. Like, I really, I relate to Dewey. I could not see you lying to kids, though, like that, Kyle. That's 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 fair. That's fair. Maybe the, the Dewey at the end of the film. Or, or this, Can we say that? Or, or, he has the School of Rock set up. Or this is like the, the Hollywood version of what I did. You know, I, he didn't actually lie to the kids. They didn't actually win Battle of the Bands. Really, he just like played guitar in front of the kids and they went on to have good lives. This is the Hollywood version of it, you know. But you're... Ah, you, okay. I, I, you're right. You're right. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely couldn't possibly do that to these children. Yeah. But other than that, I think that yeah, you have that spark to teach. Yeah, and it's it and and I using music to teach works. It's great. What about you? All right, I had two for who would I be. The first one, I figure like I'd probably be a part of like the security crew because I was a really tall kid. Sure. My sixth grade teacher, like when Harry Potter came out, she came the next that Monday. Now I'm getting choked up now. That Monday and like announced to the class that she decided a character for everybody in the Harry Potter film in the class. What? What? And like gave like the cool kid Harry and like the popular girl Hermione and she gave me Mr. Filch. And like 
I was in sixth grade and it just like broke my heart. Now oh. I'm like cool with it. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I guess to a certain degree, I'm kind of weird and stuff. But like the guy with the cat, do you know him? Like the creepy guy who comes and scares the children. He's oh. bald and like, yeah, yeah. She said I was Mr. Filch. So like, I feel like people like who would I be? They they would have cast me as like a security. Like if a teacher like Jack would have come in, he would have been like, yeah, you're on the security crew. I would not have gotten picked for the band. Mm. I'll admit that. Mm. Anyway, the other one who would I be is Spider at my <laughs> old my old downtown job. I worked at a burger restaurant downtown called Cassell's and like most of the kitchen called me Spider because like one day we talked about this movie endlessly and we were watching <laughs> clips and they saw the clip with him asking out the principal and they're all like, oh, you look like Spider. He's like a super handsome version of me. But yeah, he's a white guy with long brown hair. So <laughs> also that actor. Uh, uh- who is it? Who plays Spider? I, I got to shout him out here because he. Yeah, he's like one of your guys where he just comes in and crushes it. Lucas Babin. Just he totally somebody either he got it. Richard Linklater gets it. He's just like <laughs> every second he's on screen. I'm laughing literally every second. He's just like <laughs> his outfit for the Battle of the Bands <laughs> is like what? Are you listening to your music? Like you're wearing like a prince outfit, but you're playing like radio Indian. <laughs> so good. Ah, uh, it's so good. Uh, and his final scene when he's talking to the principal, he's just like for some reason weirdly touching his like abs to call attention to them or something. Ah, it's great. He's just like, oh, you're hot. He <laughs> <laughs> just like whispers it to her. So hot. <laughs> I like that when the principal is like, I am the principal. Oh, you're the principal? <laughs> She's like, yeah, dope, or like rad, or whatever she says, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then for who do I want to be? I want to be Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I am okay at the piano. I understand it. I never had a formal lesson. I can mm-hmm. I can play some songs and some chords, but man, like to be able to really shred on some ivory, it, it just has to be a feeling unto itself that like... Yeah. I'm pretty envious of those that like get to experience that, and so same. Yeah, I want to be, I want to be Lawrence. I've been spending some time trying to get better at piano and keyboards. I mean, I that I've been saying that for like a decade though, because it I want to be good at it, but it just is set up. There's something about guitar the way it's set up that just like really clicked with me, and piano is mm-hmm. just I I feel like you have to know, you have to know your what you're doing a little bit better with piano, because <laughs> with guitar. You know, it's all kind of about geometry, and it's kind of like if you're in the key of G or the key of A, it's all relative, you know? So you just have to, like, sure. you, yeah. you have to go up, like, just one step, whatever. You don't need to know that you're in G or something. But if you're playing on the on the piano, you got to know exactly where to hit the black keys versus the white keys. I, don't, I think it's a whole other thing. So I, I feel you there. I wish I could shred some keys. Yeah, I appreciate it. What, uh, if you were to see more about these characters, if you if see some more action... What, if you were just curious, what, what kind of scene would you add to this movie? I like my add a scene here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want a second time in their music class once they've been working with Dewey. Okay. And they're all all of a sudden oh. like shredding in music class and like everybody's like on tempo, even like Freddy who had just been smashing the cymbals. Mm-hmm. Like the teacher would be like, what happened to you kids? Well, but you could even, maybe the kids will start 
they'll just like bypass the teacher. And they'll be like, okay, Freddie, I think if you hit that a little harder when we come back in on the coda, yeah. I think it's really going to sell that, you know, <laughs> if we've got somebody that could be like taking the lead or something and that because they're gelling as a group. Yeah. That's why you write films. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Hey, but I, I thought that would be a idea. really funny scene. Yeah. Even though we never saw the teacher. Mm -hmm. What What's your ad scene? Uh, mine is a little, I would say not, maybe not as funny. I thought it could be nice though. I want to kind of see Zach's dad interacting with his dad, Zach's grandpa. And I thought it might be cool Ooh. if we can see a little bit grandpa treats Zach dad the way that Zach treat Zach's dad treats Zach kind of thing. That kind of trickle down effect. I just thought that would maybe it, introduce him at the parent teacher night. Oh, Grandpa's there at the parent-teacher night over his dad's shoulder. Yeah, and then have him at the concert at the end, too. Maybe Grandpa is in the back, and Grandpa's not impressed, but now Zach's dad finally stands up to him. Yep. I like I it. We're, we're also pushing two hours. It's a kid's movie, but I think that would be, be nice because if there is the parents, if there is a sort of character group that's a little bit shallow in this it's 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 probably like the parents because they're kind of just frustrating the whole time well th that's because if you put like if the movie takes time to like give you their perspective it makes everything else awful yeah <laughs> like the stranger has been like influencing my children for three weeks has taken them off school grounds multiple times has like stopped their other education <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, if you go, if you get too mm -hmm. much in the parents' heads, I think you risk that. But I think you do a great job there of just like kind of connecting that parental experience. Yeah. What are you, what are you celebrating most about this film, Kyle? Telling kids they're awesome. I feel like we should just do that more. I would say people don't celebrate enough either. Just so maybe we should just, yeah, tell kids they're awesome, celebrate their interests, let them be kids. That's a, this movie gets to me. In a couple different ways, just because I was so frustrated sometimes with with teaching for a lot of different reasons. But it, you know, it's easy to see how kids are such products of their environment, and just the, and the way the kids kind of like perk up when Dewey seems to really be taking an interest in them, and yeah, that's why that's what I love about this movie. It's called Stick It to the Moniosis. Yeah, hey, yo, you haven't heard of it? You're lucky. <laughs> whatever the line is <laughs> what about you what are you celebrating most man the power of rock it's gotta be mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. it changed my life yeah oh i mean talking about you you discovered like when you were 13 you got into your classic rock phase and you're like what me that was sort of like mid high school i was a little older about 16 17 i think about the time i got like a car and i was going and buying my own cds and i, I would say there was a natural evolution i don't mm -hmm. want to say that i came in and was like yeah pink floyd the wall right when i was like 12 13 i was like hell yeah the beatles help right you know that's that's where it like started for me and then it evolved yeah into like your zeppelins and floyds a little bit more dark bands for lack of a better term dark a little more experimental probably too you know early yeah. i mean for for help era beatles you know that's pretty that's some power radio rock. Yeah. Love it. That, that's a lot where I kind of started too. I, I, I think it started from listening to oldies and classic rock radio stations. That's what my dad always had on. We were driving around. 101. You know it. 
All right, RIP to 101 The Fox. Shout out to you, 101 The Fox. Yeah. You were a great radio station for 30 something years. So, oh. shout out to you. Oh, and shout out to Criterion Channel before we leave. You know. Yeah, just cuz. Just cuz. <laughs> do, I, do I need a reason, Kyle? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm always not for, for, for uh, giving it up for Criterion. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to our pod on School of Rock. We love talking about film. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, please do. You can find us on Instagram at a celebration of cinema. You can tweet us at a celebration OC or just send us an email directly to hello at begonia.fm. If you enjoyed this pod, you can browse the other pods on our network on our website, www.begonia.fm. Uh, that's all for now. We will talk to you next episode as we continue our teamwork theme discussing, I'm so excited, Stephen Herrick's the Mighty Ducks. We'll see you then. got it. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but you've got it. <laughs>